0: Happy New Year, and thank you for joining us for Not Meddling, Just Mothering. We are continuing through the book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children by Jody Berndt. This week we are in Chapter 7, Praying for a Young Marriage. Take a listen. Hi Asha, good afternoon. How are you doing? Hi Missy, I'm doing all right. Happy New Year. Happy
1: New Year. <laughs> we got through the merry Christmases, and now it's that new type of the year where everybody tries to get skinnier, smarter, richer, spend <laughs> more time with their loved ones. All all those
0: goals that they say usually go away within thirty days. It's yeah, sad. yeah, it is sad. And, you know, the hope is at the beginning of the new year that you have a new beginning for your life. It's natural for us to want to be improving ourselves and hopefully, me for for myself personally, hopefully the things I want to change will continue and it'll stick throughout the whole year instead of just ending after 30 days or even sooner. Yeah. Well, it's funny because there was... One of my family members
1: had sent out this guy's video. It was like a YouTube video. And he said, if you really want to make changes in 2022, he said, start in November. Don't wait till January because then the race, you know, the gun's off and the race is going and you're behind. So in November, I started saying certain things to myself. Not that I've achieved everything I was hoping for, but I made some changes that even now I'm like, Wow. I feel behind in other areas, but in some, I actually made that change before January 1st came along. So
0: that is so good. That's so good. That's very good advice. And I think maybe I'll take it the end of this year (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't hear it until now. So it's too late now, but, but thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's a good idea. So how about wins? Do you have a win this week? You know what, I I was thinking over Christmas,
1: because one of my adult children was really struggling over Christmas, I would say that because of stress and emotions and things like that, I could see them really, really hurting I had one of my friends who also is a mother of adult children, and her children are in their 30s. I told her about it and she said, I'm just going to pray for that one because it's one of my children that has dealt with some substance abuse and some issues like that. And so that was such a win for me because to have another mother just say, I know what's going on. I know what your child is feeling. And you know, sometimes all of us, when we have mental health issues, you know, I say to people. If we could see somebody's broken leg or if we saw somebody limping, we'd say, hey, what's wrong? Oh, your knee hurts, your hip hurts. And we'd tell them to go to the doctor or get some medicine or something. But when it comes to mental health, I think sometimes we don't treat it like an illness that it is. And we sometimes act like, oh, that's that person's choice. They're just, you know, they're just depressed or they're just pity party or whatever. and so looking at a mental health thing and praying about it and claiming, you know, by his stripes, we are healed, even in our mind, in our heart. I think that counts. That really counts a long way. So, so that was my win is that I saw, I saw my child hurting, you know, I tried to do some things for them, but sometimes when somebody's in a feeling like that, you can't just blurt out, take your medicine, (laughs) you know, or go get new medicine or whatever. You you look like you're crazy. That's not the way to handle it. And sometimes it's just the prayer that is the winning answer. And so having my friend just really, really take it upon herself to pray
0: for my child. I saw changes after Christmas that I was so grateful for to God. That is so good. Yeah. It's always good to have that support system around you when you are battling something that you think you're battling alone. But in reality, A lot of us face some of the same things and it's good to know that if we can share it with one another, there's that, I don't want to say crutch, but that support that helps us get over it or get through it. Yeah. And you know, what you were saying about, it's like a stigmatism of mental health. People sometimes don't want others to think badly of them or poorly of them because they're having hard time with mental health or depression or whatever it is. And because of that, I think some people try to hide it too. Sometimes, you know, like our children might not share as much with us because they don't want us to look down on them. Maybe that's something that really does need to change in America that people need support even mentally, because if you think about it, that is where the enemy attacks us most in our mind and in what we think so that he can wear us down and bring us to a point of disenchantment with the Lord. You know, he did it with Eve and, and the apple, you know, or the fruit on the tree, you know, he played with her mind. He played mind games with her. Is it really this, or was it really that? And he does that with all of us. Can you really accomplish that? Are you really good enough to do this? Or is God really going to help you out of this situation? And When that happens, our minds, the word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Our minds are connected to the way we think and it makes our heart feel a certain way. So when we focus on the positive and things that are going well or have gone well in the past, that can encourage us. But there's some times when it's just like everything seems so overwhelming that you can't even think of a good thought or remember anything good. And in those times, it's good to have those friends that can come around you and lift you up and support you and pray for you and pray for your family as well. So that is a really good win. And and I think too, like we all have
1: personality quirks or, you know, some strengths and weaknesses, but I think when you're faced with fear or worry or stress or mental health issues, it can exacerbate. Exasper- exasperate those feelings. So say somebody is kind of a loner already, they kind of force themselves to be friendly or to get out with people. But when they're having these mental health issues or these stresses, it can make them curl up and be alone even more, which causes more loneliness and stress. Just different things that we're like, oh, I'm just a little OCD. I like everything clean. But when you're having a mental health situation that turns into, you know, where you're not focusing on anything. You're focusing on every single detail and
0: that can make you really stressed out. Right. Yeah, that's true. So what's your win? Well, my win for this week is from Christmas Day. I'm so happy that, like I told you on the Christmas episode, is that all our kids were under one roof for Christmas this year. So that's good. That's not the win though. The the win I have for the week is that my daughters pitched in to purchase a flight for me to go visit you. So I'm so excited that I'm going to get to go see you after how many years? How many years have we, has it been? It's been five years since we've seen each other in person. I mean, we see each other on Zoom and stuff like that, but it's not the same. We don't get to embrace one another or, you know, just spend time together doing whatever. So I'm so excited. I get a weekend with my friend Missy and that's going to happen at the end of this month. So that's my for this week. I'm so excited. I think we should record a podcast together. That's what the kids were saying to me too. Yeah, and it's actually the week that it's supposed to be released. So maybe we can do it uh, just a day later or something. Yeah, That was very generous. I, I actually told your daughter, I said... This is like
1: one gift that you give to two people. Cause I'm actually the winner here <laughs> to get all oh. the
0: songs with my I just didn't get to unwrap it, but it was a great surprise. Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah. And then my youngest daughter actually just did a, cause she's graphic designer. She did a ticket up and it said, you know, the date and time and from here to there. And it looked like a real, it looked like a real ticket. And I am just like looking at it, like what, what? And I didn't get it at first. I'm like, oh, finally, I get to go see this. So excited! <laughs> so they used their gifts while they were <laughs> giving me the gift as well. So that was kind of cool. This week we're discussing young marriage, and that's
1: perfect since we started talking about mental health because <laughs> marriage can make you
0: crazy. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. So for me, and I have no uh, experience. Marriage is hard. <laughs> right. Uh, marriage is hard. Uh, well, but you were once young and you were yes. married. So I was going to say that. I, I have no experience except the fact that I was young and married. <laughs> 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 married when I was young. So so that's these skills I have. But as far as my children being married, I don't have uh, firsthand experience. But it's okay because I am learning and... I'll be able to glean from this for when they do get married, right? This chapter seven is
1: entitled Praying for a Young Marriage. And that is not to be confused necessarily with just young couples. It's just a young marriage, a new marriage. And I think we need to just be really real. This is hard. It takes a lot of work. And people who don't put in work towards being happily married with God in the middle, they're going to suffer. And it could result in a lot of things that are difficult, but it's funny because I help a friend who is a professional photographer, videographer, and we often do weddings. And it is an amazing moment to see a girl, like, it's funny, my, my pastor always jokes about it. It's the best looking self of you that you will ever be because people have loved and sparkled and rubbed and makeup and hair and fake and fake and you know it's funny we did one wedding and the bride i mean she had beautiful hair beautiful teeth beautiful makeup beautiful tan beautiful everything even her eyes and then when i met her in real life a few weeks later <laughs> I think she must have had special contacts because her eyes were not as blue. Her hair was not not as long because she didn't have her extensions in. Her nails didn't look like that. Her tan didn't look like that. It was just, it was just not the real girl, not the lashes, not the everything. And and she was gorgeous, you know, I'm not taking away from that, but it was just interesting to see how much work we put into one day. Right, the enhancements. Yeah, but what's funny is that I can still see because we're sitting in there with the bride as she's getting her dress on, photographing her mom. And sometimes we'll see them like snap at their mom. Mom, stop it. You're pulling too tight. Or they'll talk to their friends who are their best friends in the whole world. And they pick them as bridesmaids. And then they're snapping at them or saying mean words or gossiping about the other one or complaining. And you're like, this is your best day ever? And you're going to act like that? <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's unfortunate, and then we've seen others that are so graceful and so loving, and you know they're just so excited about their day. But but even so, that's just one day in the life of marriage,
0: right? And then there's everything else. Yeah, so, that still just goes to show you that what we were talking about earlier, probably about mental health. I think a lot of that it has to do with our mindset as well of how we'll behave, how the values that we have chosen for our lives or the things we put value in are represented in times like that, that are stressful or that are overwhelming. So when we have those moments of stress and being overwhelmed, how do we manifest? How do we exhibit our values, our inner person? Do we pour out frustration and and anger and bitterness or, or are we gracious? Like the ones that you were talking about as well. And I think that goes as well into the marriage. So preparing before, like you were talking about preparing in November for what you're going to do in January for the new year. That's what we need to be doing. Now with me, for my kids that aren't married yet, they should be preparing now for when they have that wedding day and when they are married for their marriage. I can't say that I did that when I was younger. I I don't, I mean, I imagined a wedding day and what I wanted it to be like and that kind of thing and that kind of planning in my mind, but I don't think I ever planned on the exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, which is love, peace, patient, kindness, that kind of <laughs> stuff. You, you don't plan for that because we are flesh. We are, we're, our, our body is flesh and our mind is flesh. So if we continue to just keep the word in us and pour the spirit into us, ask God to pour the spirit into us, then we can prepare now for those things that are coming. But when you don't do that, it's not going to happen. No, and it it brings up a point
1: that I always think about is how you are dating could really push how you're going to act in your marriage. If you, you've probably met couples, you know, in all your ministry with church that when they were dating, they would break up and break up and break up and make up to bring up over and over again. And then when they get married. They kind of take that same mentality into the process, right? We'll just break up instead of working things out. And so, some of the drama, some of the spoiledness, just some of the things that we do. Right. We can take into marriage. So that's something I wanted to, although none of your children are married and two out of my three are, let's just talk about some of the things we know about our own kids before we get
0: started. What do moms know about their own kids? Well, I think I know their little quirks and and whether they're able to overcome them (laughs) or what I've seen, how much they've overcome them because I think every person can overcome their quirks or their bad habits. Their bad habits can be overcome by anyone if they set their mind to it and they dig in. But I think I know their bad habits and I think I know their likes and their dislikes. It's interesting, I only have one of my children that's in a serious relationship, and for the most part, what I've seen of him what I've seen him do is compromise because he's now involved with somebody that comes from a totally different family doesn't do things the way we've done them. Of course, I am really glad that the family is Christian and loving God and they have moral standards and And their Christian standards and our Christian standards align. So that's a good thing. But as far as our traditions and culture and things like that, it's not the same. But I've seen through this holiday season, because this is the first holiday season that any of my children have had somebody that has been kind of serious with them. I've seen through the holiday season, the compromise and and sometimes the clashing as well. But for the most part, I'm excited to see the growth. So yeah. we'd look at our kids and we're like, oh, I know how you handle things since y-
1: you were with me. <laughs> so we're, you know, we, we can be sure that when they're with their spouse, that if they said, you know what I don't like about him? He always, she never, he always, you would say, yeah. Yeah. That's my kid. I mean, that's their personality. <laughs> if you, you know, make them like rush around and be stressed out, this little person's personality doesn't like that. They don't like it. Right. They don't like you. Cause one of my kids, I'm trying to remember who it is. I think it's my oldest one. I don't know what he's like now, but when he was like two or three years old and we would say, Hey, stop coloring right now. Let's go for ice cream. He'd get so frustrated because he didn't like to change activities like that and I learned to say you know what in 30 minutes you're gonna put away your books or whatever you're doing and we're gonna go get ice cream because I didn't realize I thought oh this is so exciting let's go let's go let's go because that's my right mm-hmm. but that one was just so angry and frustrated that I had changed activities mm-hmm. on him point, even if it was a good thing he didn't like it I'd have a couple like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be funny to ask his wife, like, Hey, does he like it when you just like, Oh, by the way, we're having dinner with our friends tonight. Does he like that? Or does he go, uh, I the garage. I'm not that I don't care if they're making ribs. I don't care. I want to stay home and clean my garage. <laughs> he might be like that still. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably have attributes that you know about your kids, their strengths, their weaknesses, and, you know, just like you said, people can change, and some of our kids outgrow, you know, certain things. That when they're smaller, certain things were rewarded. Now, if you gave them two quarters for cleaning their room, they'd be like, "What? <laughs> no, thank you. You want to use the card, right?" So, even with that, you know what she talks about. Marriage is glorious, but it's hard. That's a quote by Tim Keller that she uses, and with us. I think there's a lot of things going on, especially when they are young, Mm -hmm. that they're leaving your home and just understanding the leaving and cleaving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we did that with our parents and we probably never even thought about it. Yeah. You think about like, you know, Thanksgiving's or Christmases when your new husband said, well, we're going to my mom's house. And you probably like, oh, I, I hope we can go to my mom's house at some point, but you probably didn't think, I wonder how my mom feels. I know I didn't. And so, you know, those are the things that as moms, I haven't felt that and a day will come when you will feel that Where you're like, who's coming for Thanksgiving? Oh, nobody, everybody's going to their individual mother-in-law's houses. And, and there will be a moment that you, you have to ask yourself, how do I feel? And how do I, how do I help them leave me and cleave to their spouse? Even when it's your child, it's like, no, I want to go to my mom's house, and that other person says, no, we're going to my mom's house. <laughs> what will you do as the mother in the middle? You can either be mature and bless them, or you can be tearing down those walls of a successful marriage.
0: Yeah, especially if you are more demanding and selfish with the time that you want for yourself, might son's girlfriend had a Christmas celebration on the 22nd, I think, with her family, like opening presents and making cookies and certain things like that, because her brother, one of her brothers is married and the only time they could come, because Christmas this year was with her family. Thanksgiving was with their family. And so they kind of switched like that, which is a cool compromise. So they came a few days earlier to celebrate Christmas with their family and have their Christmas cookies and and gifts and stuff. And so I think that is a good thing to be able to compromise. And as parents, as a mom, I think I should be able to do that as well and not be so demanding and say, no, we always do Christmas because you are my son or whatever, because there have been, I'm sure, in the world, women who have done that. And so that doesn't do anything to help your child's marriage. It just increases the stress in their life and it causes problems with their wife or husband. It puts a wedge in, in between the, the family. And you don't want your son or daughter to have that pressure on them that they have to do something or else you'll be upset. My pastor says it this way. He's like, yep. I tell my
1: mom, not now. I mean, he's a 48-year-old man, but he said there was a time I'd say, mom, don't make me choose between you and her because you'll lose. Right. That's good. That's
0: That's that's the right answer. Yes, because there's some. Boys that wouldn't say that, that would be like, oh no, I don't want to hurt my mom's feelings. And But the mom should be putting them in that situation in the first place. So leave and cleave. That's a God idea. That's a God instruction. And it is healthy. It's not because you want to dishonor your family or your mother and father. It's because you want to honor them by living a life that they raised you up in. And supporting the wife that you chose or the husband that you chose and just going out and being fruitful with them. It's honoring. If we weren't so selfish to think that it's all about us, we would realize that it's honoring us that they are growing up to be healthy, productive husbands and wives with their family and, and fathers and mothers. Yeah, I I will say though, Asha,
1: that both of you and I are blessed to be married. So it's a little bit easier if our kids were to all be too busy to be home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, we would have that one person that we could still watch homework movies with or do something, go out to eat or go to Cracker Barrel or grill. But if you are a single parent and your kids, it's their year to be with the in-laws. Right that's going to be hard and you have to plan ahead for that. You need yes. making friends, inviting people you to your house, inviting, asking if they have room for you and theirs, being in ministry or volunteering to do something. Don't, don't just leave yourself wide open
0: to be hurt and to be alone those days. Right. Yes, that makes perfect sense. I, I agree completely. The thing is as well is we have to just understand that our kids might even choose to not be with either family <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. they might choose okay well we want to do our own christmas and start our own traditions and we the thing about it is we just need to be thoughtful of the other person's feelings and thoughts and their family and their connection and and their bond because the stronger their bond is, the better their family will be. So hopefully the golden rule pops into my mind, you know, to treat others the way you want to be treated. And of course, we think, well, if I would want people to come spend Christmas with me, so. <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't work that And My kids used to say that. One of my kids used to say it all the time. Well, they must have want to be punched or something because they're punching me. <laughs> you know, or whatever, <laughs> or they're taking my candy. So they must want me to take their candy. So I'm going to take their candy. Like, no, that's not how <laughs> we just got to be thoughtful and try to treat people the way we want to be treated.
1: Yeah. Well, I know for my husband, it's hard for him to understand something like this because he's like, why can't the kids all come to our house for Christmas? And we wake up. And then we open presents on the tree and I'm like, because they own their own homes and they want to wake up. It's like, you know, because my kitchen is in their kitchen. If my, my daughter-in-law got up and started making waffles. She knows where her waffle maker is. She knows where the plates are. She knows. And in my house, she's defers to me like, mom, do you want to get out the waffle maker? Or do you, you know what I mean? And, and of course I always say anything in this house is yours. Get whatever you want, but they don't know where it is. You know, so they'd have to wait for me to get up or right. So it's just things like that. We think, just like you're saying, no, it seems so obvious that you would want to wake up at Grandma and house. And they're like, no, it's really obvious we want to wake up at our <laughs>
0: Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that leaving the cleaving can be hard or it can be easy. It just depends on how each of us decides, how much we decide to yield. Yeah. And so your kids aren't
1: married and I have one who's not married, what kind of advice do you give your kids now? Like, are you preparing them? Because I don't, I just, if my parents did, I hope they'll forgive me that I forgot, but I don't remember them saying, when you get married, remember this, or think about that. Do you do
0: anything now? I don't think I do specific things. I know that my husband, jokingly just like my dad and his dad probably told uh, their voice find yourself a woman who can cook or stuff like that you know but I, I don't think that I've sat down and have a serious conversation and I don't know if that's bad or good I think my husband and I just want to model for them what a good marriage will look like and of course we fall short sometimes and We have issues that we have to work through, but that is also modeling for them how to work through issues because there's no perfect marriage and there's no perfect person. So, what we want to do is just model for them how to stay in it and to love each other well and to work through things with each other. I think the things that I would advise my when I get a chance to, is to do that, to love each other well, to the golden rule, treat them the way they want to be treated, not the way they're treating them, the way they want to be treated and just to love each other and not to give up on each other because we are each other's biggest support. Everybody else can fall away. And we still have that one that we have been joined with in marriage. And because of that, it makes us one. So that's the thing is that to always remember you are one in, in God's eyes, you are one. So you want to make sure that, because whoever battles against themselves to make, to want themselves to lose, do you know what I mean? everybody? <laughs> you always want to lift yourself up. You always want to be encouraged. So sometimes you don't do it. Sometimes you don't lift yourself up, but you always want to be encouraged in yourself. So you should want to encourage your spouse because you are one. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that I think
1: because I did get divorced when my kids were, you know, nine, 11, 13, about that age, then we had to have those conversations about what makes a good marriage and what doesn't. I think too, when you're a single mom, one of the things that you struggle with is that you make, justify some things like what well, your dad did and why is he like this or whatever and you know single moms are always not every single mom but a lot that i know work really hard not to say those things in front of their kids because like oh, your dad just drives me crazy that's why i'm divorced from him <laughs> yeah you know because he's so selfish or he's so greedy or he's so you know whatever it is that they they feel about their ex-spouse but I think that there were marriage conversations that I had with my kids. And then when my oldest got married, because of my experience in being married, I said to him, be careful what you say in the young years, in the early years, because you're going to say some things, especially when you're young. I mean, we're kind of, we were teenagers there. They were teenagers when they got married my first. And you can say things that are like, when you pop off like a teenager, you might insult each other, you know, play fight or whatever. But I said, be careful what you say to her because you may think you were just joking, but she'll never forget. And I give an example, you know, when I got married, I weighed 115 pounds and even that was really high weight for me because I had gotten on birth control to, to get married. And then it, my weight just That's why I got off of birth control pretty early on in my life because I just would gain so much weight and my hormones would just go out of control. And, um, and so 115 pounds, I'm way more than that now, unfortunately, but I was conscious of my weight because now I had gained weight that I was used to being like 105. That's a big deal when you're as small as I am. But I remember one time my now ex-husband said, move your fat butt over because I was laying on the bed sideways and he was just joking, you know, like he just smacked me on the butts and like, move your fat ass or whatever. And I was like, uh oh. and you know what? I never forgot sure that. And yeah, I know he was joking. I don't know. Maybe I was super sensitive, but it's like it imprinted in my brain. Right. He thinks I'm fat. He thinks I'm stupid. He thinks I'm ugly. You know, those kind of mm-hmm. things. And so I would say to my son, be careful, be careful. The things you joke about, because I never know which one is going to break her heart
0: or ever. Exactly. That brings to mind, I I was thinking about my kids and discussions I've had about not just marriage, but wedding itself. Right. I have one child that says, "Uh, I don't care about a, a wedding, you know. Eloping is fine or whatever. And that kind of struck me because it brought to mind my wedding. And I thought to myself, I said, okay, that's fine. You can feel that way, but you want to make sure that your partner, whatever their thoughts are, you consider that. And you need to regard that higher than what you're thinking because yours doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter either way, but to the person that you're involved with, that might be something that they hold in high regard. And they might want a big, nice wedding and all the the fancy stuff and all the family there to be witness to what's happening. And they may say they don't care and they don't whatever, they'll do whatever you want. But if you're going to ask somebody to get married, you, you better make sure that if it matters to them, even if they say, well, I guess it doesn't matter, but I've been planning for years for this and that and whatever. And to make sure to put that first, not that for me, my husband, I'm not saying that my husband chose for us not to have a big wedding or anything. It was just other circumstances that surrounded our situation where our wedding was less than what I would have chosen for myself. And so in that, I said, to this day, I said, occasionally, if somebody brings certain things up, it will trigger something in me. And I will wish not to the point where I'm like devastated about it, but kind of like regret the fact that I didn't have a a nice big wedding where I could send out even invitations or where a a fancy dress or, or have a reception after. So yeah, you want to make sure that that person is sincere about how they feel and not just saying it to please you. Because if that's what it is, if it doesn't really matter to you either way, then go with what they would prefer. That's true.
1: So with my second marriage, we were going to rent a house that had a beautiful garden. It had like a A little pond it had all these beautiful flowers and everything and i said oh we should just get married in the backyard of this place it's so pretty and my husband my new husband was a new christian and his first marriage had been eloping at las vegas because she was already pregnant and so for him, he was like, no, I wanna, I don't care how small of a church it is, I wanna get married in front of God. And I wanna dress up and I don't wanna get married in a backyard and I don't wanna, I don't want that. And we literally spent like a thousand dollars on the whole wedding and you attended, and it was a tiny little chapel inside of a bigger church, like their small chapel, their side chapel. But for him, that really mattered. And for me, I was like, uh, oh,
0: last time I did a big wedding, it was bad luck. I don't want to do it like that. That is so funny. Yeah, I I was there, and you were at light. You were my maid of honor. Yeah. (laughs) So and you fought for a lot of stuff for me. So I appreciated that. Anyway, so moving forward. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so moving forward. Maybe this is good that we brought this up even to each other because maybe we need to start having those conversations with the sons and daughters that are not married in our lives and other young people. Because they don't, I've said to, I give a lot of advice to my one single child. We, we're watching in living color, the other two siblings and their marriages. And I can say, you see that? Not like point them the mountains. Little, look at that. Look at that. Not like awesome. It's just watch what's happening here. And if you don't want the same, or if you like that, do what it takes to get that, right. you know? So.
0: Yeah. That's the whole thing um, about living by other people's um, experience. Yeah. So, so we can, even now you could give your
1: kids advice when you see it, you know, and I can do the same. The other thing we can do is encourage our child to pray about their own behavior and their spouse's behavior. Right. when they come to you, it's, tough asha when your kids come to you and they're like mom the i'm so frustrated with him or her because they blah 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 and you you want to take your kids side but at the same time that's the wrong yes you should take your kids side and love them take Mm -hmm. them aside and love them but don't take a side right my mom always used to say that or grandma would say, yeah, I'm not going to get in the middle of because in the night they're sleeping together and I'm the out, (laughs) I'm the person on the out because I took somebody's side and now we're both against her. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I have had experience with that in my own marriage where, and it was actually right before we got married, my husband had an issue with me. We had a disagreement about something. And then one of the parents started, took one of our side and it was like. Very obvious that they were against the other person, and so then we made up. And the person that they were against felt like, I don't want anything to do with that person right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they had to apologize and, of course, make things right. And and that can happen, but still, why would you want to even put yourself through that? Just avoid the whole situation. I'll just because when you're a mom, you want to be loyal you gave birth to that baby mom I'm or, or dad mom or dad yeah and and it's and dad. exactly it's exactly right but but at the same time and you want to protect them especially in certain situations you want to make sure that they are safe my oldest daughter was in that relationship that was abusive and for the most part we stayed out but you know i know there were times that my husband's like i just want to go beat that guy up and just <laughs> Because he's hurting my baby girl you know what I mean so yeah there can be situations like that but I'm talking about just the fact that you guys disagree on whatever like what movie you're gonna watch or you know the dinners that you guys may have or or whatever just just a dumb disagreement that you don't want to bring everything to your parents you know And we shouldn't let our kids, there was one lady in the book and that was talking about, she said, okay, if you guys get in a fight, you don't come to me, you know? And I was like, okay, wait, um, I don't know if I agree with that completely. I understand what she's saying, like, because I'm not going to take your side. You need to work it out with each other, which is good. But there is a point where you want your child to come to you. And that's when there's that point of abuse or things like that, or, infidelity or something like that. You want to help them through that. But as far as just the little petty fights about, you know, what shoes you want to buy for your kids or, you know, dumb things like that, then <laughs> I, and they're not really dumb when you look at it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's trivial. It's a trivial thing with those things. You just want to keep them within you and within your relationship and be able to work through that on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, because I have two that are married, I do listen to them when
1: they bring up something because I, you know, if they brought it to me and it's past their friend group and now they're talking to mom, then it's probably a simmering pot in my mind because they run to me first. And I might ask periodically how things are, but I'm careful not to really dig deep. I don't ask my kids very, so then what, then what did he say? What well, then, what did you do? Did he ever buy you a gift because he did that? Or did she ever make up for that? Or, you know, I, I don't ask those questions. I'm like, how are you? How are things? How's your communication? what have you been working on? I might ask things like that. And I, if it looks like it's very serious, I say to them is this something that you might need marital counseling for? Or is there somebody, because of their, their roles in the military, I might say, should you go talk to a pastor? Or could you talk to the chaplain about this? You know, or or something like that. Right. And, and I might encourage them to go talk to that person's mother mm-hmm. and say, hey, Mary, which nobody has a mom named Mary, but hey, Mary, you know, one of the problems I'm having with Justin or Erica or whatever is this. It, I can tell that it's kind of their personality. You know, how can I help get our, our conversations better? Or how can, because they, you know, when we're arguing, they always yell at me or they revert to silent treatment and that's not healthy. So maybe asking their parent because their parents will say, you know what? Sometimes they just need a long time. So yeah, it's not the silent treatment. It's not you. They literally have to process or they might say something they regret. And so you might have a kid that you know that about. Then be open with their spouse, your child-in-law and say, here's what I see happening, but that's how they've always handled it. So you've got to give them a little space. Yeah. If, if you have unmarried, newly adult children, like they're, you know, in their older teens or twenties or thirties and they haven't been married or they got married, it was unsuccessful and they're divorced. Start sharing advice when you can, you know, and and bless them with knowledge that you have. And then in the same breath, pray, pray for your child and pray for their spouse because yeah. you know your child, you right. know, their strengths and you know, their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And you may have thought they outgrew something, but they're manifesting <laughs> in their own house with their spouse. And, right. you know, some of the those things that they made choices about before, you know, like a mom that'll say, oh yeah, when my when Johnny gets mad, he just runs out the door. and He just runs down the street. Well, guess what? I had an ex-husband that when he got mad, he got in his car and he left and he didn't call me for two days. I didn't know where he was. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know who he was with. So those things that they do as children, they could potentially do as an adult too. Right. Yeah. So, so so I think as we wrap up, that's, you know, something to pray about. Pray for your child before they get married. Pray for your child who is married. Pray for your child who's divorced. Pray for your
0: child's spouse. Yeah. I mean that's words, really good. Pray for their spouse. That's really good. So I think for next time we'll give some biblical truths that we can uh use towards praying for the young marriages and and talk about maybe the expectations of our our kids in marriage. If they already have expectations, are they realistic and things like that. And then we'll go through some scriptures and some prayers for the marriage. And if that's just too short, we'll just add the praying for children that are going through divorce as well on there so that um, we can compile it together. I don't think it'll be too short, Asha, because I think
1: that there's also a whole part of this young marriage is you're building a relationship with their family too. That's true. There's something to that. that. Yeah, that is very good. Yeah. You yeah. married another woman and another man and their siblings and all. <laughs> That's so right. You know, it's a whole marriage is is like, it literally is like putting a quilt together. Mm-hmm. It
0: is. That it is. That's that's really good. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and close us out in prayer then? Okay. Father God, we just thank you for this
1: opportunity to just talk about marriage. It's absolutely a gift from you. And for those of us who have children who so desperately want to find somebody to be married to and the blessing of marriage, it breaks our heart, Lord, when we see them not not finding that person and so we just ask for those adult children that are already married that we would bless them as mothers and we would double our love for their spouse Mm -hmm. and for our children that are not married yet lord that we would impart wisdom to them and be gracious and open open arm to the people that they bring around as they test the waters and date and court people and and that we would encourage godliness even in that time. Yes. And Lord God, I just ask for our marriages as the parents, as the older parents of adult children, that we would be strong and that we would be faithful, not just not just sexually faithful as some people think about, but actually mentally and emotionally, and that we're a good example for our children. And I just praise you, God, in all that you do in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We had so much to talk about. We cannot make it just one session. We are going to have another episode coming up to finish this topic about young marriages and how to encourage your adult children as they are newly married. And we just thank you for joining us. May God bless you in this week. You've got this, Mama.